Hey, let me translate that last one from KOC. Uh, yeah, we want to sell tickets for that Tennessee preseason game. But if you're there to watch the starters, probably not going to happen over there. And that's, that's the NFL. And here's the other thing. Lots of fights in camp breaking out and that testosterone rolling and people fighting for jobs, the brawls that are going on and as joint practices gear up at the NFL. We are closing in on the NFL season. It's Monday, and the Twins won a series in Philly. The, how about that, D? And, and Brad, the, the Red Hawks salvaged the game in uh, Winnipeg, and they look like the Red Hawks team that we're used to. Balls flying out of Shaw Park yesterday. Great pitching, and, uh, and and the Fargo youth baseball team is about, and I say North Dakota, I know they're from Fargo, but you know what, They're and they know this, they're representing the state of North right. Dakota. They are, they're off to Williamsport, and they're so good they already got a buy. Actually, where they're, they're placed, they'll play the Mid-Atlantic and, and the Southwest, so they're waiting for that, that Texas versus Media Pennsylvania game, and then they'll play Friday night at 6 o'clock. And I kid you not, Derek and Brad, how stinking great is that if you're a tw- if you're unbarking to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and you're 11? Are you kidding me? That is a- I was excited when my friend and I went to the Corey Hart, Brian Adams concert back in 84. Isn't that great? Interesting comparison. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Isn't that great? I don't know what, what's... Amped you. I was excited when the folks said we're going to Medora for the weekend. You know, that was a yeah. big thing for us back then. We're going to Grandma's house because I know I'd learned to play Pinochle in the shed by the farm. I mean, I can't, I, I'm so jacked up with these kids. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's it's certainly history in the making. And, you know, it's a, it's a big spotlight for <laughs> someone that young. There's no doubt. Yeah. But it's, well, uh, they're, they're going to be jumping right. Uh, they'll be coming back and it'll be time to go to school. Yeah, Did you guys that? see. Uh, in the um, the South Dakota game, and, and the scene was great. Brad, I was on with you at noon, and prior yep. after that, I, I had the ESPN app, so we were watching. You know, in my little part of the bus, but then then it got to be the guy behind me on the bus, Tyler Grower, and then the two guys behind him on the bus. And by the time that final out was played, you've got a lot of the Red Hawks, and some of these guys have been in the big leagues. You know, some from Dominican Republic, Venezuela, you know, Pennsylvania, Florida, Texas, all kind of. Cheering on when that last out was made, you just heard this just raucous applause. And I'm thinking, these are grown men that are playing pro ball, some in the big leagues that are cheering on these 11-year-olds from Fargo. And uh, it was kind of a neat scene. And I'll tell you what, what Little League is about. And who was doing the, the play, but Clay Madvick? And, Clay and uh, who was the color? Do you guys remember who was doing color? I forget Not the sure guy. who it was, but I guess I recognize Clay. The former player. But anyway, so a South Dakota boy is up, and it's mid to late in the game. And and, and North Dakota had jumped out, and South Dakota had a little kind of a you know, breath of life where they put some runs on the board. And so still within, you know, game's not over. And there's a young blonde-haired kid, little lefty there from South Dakota, and he's at the plate. And I don't know if he swung and missed or took a called strike on the first pitch. And then he... Uh, then he swung and missed at a, at, a, at a breaking pitch or something off the plate. You know, now he's down 0-2. And, of course, I don't know if this, Derek, Brad, I don't know if this is cruel or not. And we've had, Derek, you and I know have had this discussion before. And, Brad, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because the coverage, I don't know how many millions of people are tuning into that at that time. But it's, it's a obvious. Few. Yeah, right? it's, it There's always a few. gets good ratings for sure. So this, this young boy from South Dakota, he gets down 0-2. And because he's 11 – you know, he steps out, and 
he's, the emotion is starting to, and you guys, we've all been there where the emotion takes over yep. and it goes from probably your stomach or your heart in through your throat, up into your head, into your eyes, because that's how we show it. And you can almost see the swelling and he's fighting back tears because yeah, he's down oh. 0-2. And the, the color commentary was so good at laying that out, not to, you know, obviously not going to say, look at that kid's crying. There's no crying. Right. So he's, 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 he's <laughs> no crying in baseball. He says, uh, this is what 12-year-old is all about. This is what it's all, the, the emotion. And then, uh, so he fights back to a point where he has to call time because the young lad is just, <laughs> you could just yeah. he's doing that. He gets back at the box, box and laces a base hit, and he gets on first. And now the camera goes back to him, and the welt eyes and tears <laughs> have been replaced by a smile. And yep. I'm thinking, that's 11 years old. So now the question is, and maybe even for our text club at 35270, we live in a land of social media, and let's, you know, if, if you cornhole is on TV and ESPN's got all these channels, good or bad that these regional games are televised nationally and that the World Series Little League is televised nationally. When you when you weigh it all out, is that good or is that bad? I'll throw it out I, there I will to you say guys. this. I think that they shouldn't focus on the pictures of the kids' emotions as much as they should. I think the director has more of a responsibility for that. Okay. I wouldn't do that. I do think that uh, – you know, you, you look at a situation where uh, I, I would really like to see them just show the actions and the plays more than if a kid, if a ball goes through the wickets, we don't need to focus on the emotion of the kid. Right. It, it gets to be almost as much as I because don't Because it's I on display, to, Derek. Well, it right, is on exactly. display. I, mean, I think it's, it's even unfair in a lot of these games. I mean, to show like the quarterback's mom all the time and even in a college right, game. Right. I mean, just right. Let these people be have I mean, I I think that gets a little overdone a little bit too, right? There's some Fargo people that got some national some parents there that well, I remember they, a little they got bit. Some, they got they some got serious some, air time. Some yeah. good play, you know. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think, Brad? Is and you how old is your beautiful girl? Uh, she'll be twelve here in about a month. So her age group, you know, good or Bad or oh, what? we're going we're going through some of that uh, right and, you know the the good the good days and the bad days um that's it it, it it's it's I, a, I'm ha- I'm happy for these kids um uh, Coach Hanson I know a little bit his his son plays for Post 400 right? so I've talked to Chad a little bit but you know it almost gets to be you start clicking and go God this is on again. It's on again. It's like it's right. always on. Right. Well, we always talk about saturation. You know, I I love the fact that I could tune in there and watch North Dakota play South Dakota I mean, it's with nice a chance to, to go to the World Series. It's kind of neat. Right. But you're right, Derek. I, I think the, the, the toughest job is going to be the producer or director of that telecast. Well, I mean, and I I think, I think like when uh, – Channel Forty Five does it for like the state stuff. Yep, state tournaments. They, they yeah. do it a pretty good job. I think to show the emotion of maybe the losing team a little bit, that's fine at the high school when you're talking about mm-hmm. seventeen, right. eighteen year old sure. kids, but not just to focus on it. They more or less show the exuberation of the right. the, the winning team the champion, mostly, yeah. and I think that's what they should focus yeah. on. I mean, one of the greatest things I've seen on on uh, social, and I don't even know if this happened recently or if it's just been spun out, was I think a a, a, a baseball player. 
struck out a guy at home plate, and I think if they were friends, I don't know, mm-hmm. but immediately emotion was shown by the player, and the pitcher, instead of celebrating with all his friends, went over and ran to home plate and hugged him, that guy. Yeah. That's and good stuff him. there. Yeah. That I like. That's good TV. <laughs> That's you know, good stuff. Yeah. You brought up, and the first thing I thought of is when, you know, the, the terrible way that DGF lost the prep bowl last year. And they really didn't focus on much no, of that. They kind of New focused London more Spicer. on, on yep. New London Spicer. Yeah, I thought they handled that uh, very well. Yeah, I think I, they've been pretty seasoned at it, too. They've been doing, they've been doing a it a long time. time right? I mean, you, you know you have to – it's part of the game. Winning and losing is, and this sounds cruel as a parent, but sometimes the, the hardest defeats my daughters uh, maybe suffered at, at Century High, you know, and whether it be volleyball or what have you – not that I enjoyed they did, that. Not that they lost much, right. though. <laughs> <laughs> that one game, <laughs> that one say, match they lost. Yeah, I forgot that they lost. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Folks at CHS, right? <laughs> Coach Zastable's going, out of my Derek. Uh, well, I'm just being truthful, there's too. a cruel part to this, and you know with the boy, uh, there's a cruel part to that, but even as a parent or, or a step-parent, or, you um, um you kind of like, this is making them better because it's going to, you know, it's like you don't want them to feel it, but kind of you do because it, it makes them grow a little bit. But I don't know on a national level. I mean, ESPN wasn't there, you know, as you as you hit a ball yeah. in the one. <laughs> so that's what we wager. When ESPN started doing this, and they do it in a good way, obviously, this is part. This has grown so big. They have a Major League Baseball game, for goodness sakes, yeah. that is now part of this. And it is massive in, in the international aspect of this and the exchanging, I'm sure, of like pins and it is such a, it's it's a Lollapalooza meets Woodstock meets We Fest and Country Jam and you name your name your big event, so it, it's all good and the and the North Dakota is going to be part of it for the first time ever, represented by a bunch of young men here from our from our neck of the woods in eastern North Dakota. So I I don't know, but I think you're right, Derek. I, I think it, what what you decide to. Oh, the kids crying in left. You know, can you hear the producer? Kids crying in left field. Get yeah. a camera on here, but you don't lock in on that. Then get away. It might be good TV, but. No, you shouldn't do it. Right. I, I, I think that's there's a fine line that you got to find there. Show the celebration, exuberation. Don't need to yeah. focus on the twelve year old kid who's you know has no idea. I mean, yeah. this is just. I mean, this is twelve years old. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on in the world. Right? Twelve I mean, years old. I mean, that's that's uh, that's young. Yeah. I think I was just as offended until I was watching the the uh, one of the ESPN the replay of the game Saturday. So yep. I got to watch the last couple innings. Um, I didn't realize they had replay. Because there was a play at first, oh, wow. I think it would have been. You're right. It was they, in the sixth inning. Yeah. It was at the the final inning, and there was a play at first base, and Chad decided to, to. Uh, and what happened? Yeah, to, it was a close play at first, but it looked like it was safe, and they they, they but I thought, this is what we this is what we come to now. Yeah, little league challenges in little league baseball. As big as it is, this is where we're at now. Wow. He won Speaking that. He won that challenge, dude, didn't he? Uh, I don't think he won that. No, I, I thought they had an out, and then he looked, and he was safe because I remember Fargo kids staying on first base, and, the, and he came out. No, with I think it was. Safe. I think it was when Sioux Falls had, or maybe he may, might have won that one. I think it was when Sioux Falls was that was that bad. Oh, the other one. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of umpires, I was listening to most of the Twins game yesterday on my way out to the lake, and right. uh, and so a, a couple of friends were watching. And I guess I can say this because I'll criticize when my team, you know, come on, they got hosed. Kind of sounded like the Twins got a little bit of a love from Blue yesterday. Is that uh, the, the the uh, one on the seventh? Yes, uh, the the one when <laughs> the one where um, uh, that got the manager kicked out the following inning. I th- was a good pitch. Right. It was it, that was at the bottom of the zone. That was a strike. But the one that the one with the bases loaded, the Thielbar got. Yeah, they. Uh, they and got, I will say Rocco is pretty lucky because they if, got break on that one. If Rocco pulls out. Sonny, after 80 pitches, 
and Jax almost did what Jax did, I think Sonny and Rocco might have gone to blows. Sonny Gray. I, 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 right. I, I couldn't believe coming. they pulled him on at that point. I mean, I, I wow. that was shocked at that moment. Like I, I said, I was listening, and Corey and, and Chris didn't say as much about that at the time. But I wasn't because I think and I was just telling Jack before the show. I said I thought that um, I wasn't surprised because we've seen Sonny have games where he has one inning where the the that elastic, the yep. elastic pops, and I think he just maybe he saw something. That's Got that like, gut feeling it was coming. Yep, yep. And I, they had the bullpen set up to to finish the final three innings because they didn't have to go real deep into it on uh, on Saturday. So I, I I think that was part of it too. Right, and and you're right. It's just that the second guess would have been easy oh, at 80 pitches, and Sonny's been very vocal about being taken out. So that could have been a nice little powder keg. That the uh, uh, the road trip, you, you take it. Uh, despite it wasn't fun in Detroit there for a while, and certainly Friday night wasn't great because you oh, got up two nothing. I mean, got up two nothing. You're thinking, here we go, and then boom, the Phillies just Makes lowered. It's easy the, to turn it off. That's right, for sure. Phillies just lowered the, the the hammer, but then you you bounce back and you win too. So now they got Detroit. They can maybe flip that script this week. But 42 games, by my estimation, the Twins uh, have remaining. 42 with a four and a half game lead over Cleveland. And then my final question today. Uh, before we get to Doc Phil, and we hear we got Bison Bites today. You'll hear from new defensive coordinator Jason Petrino on the show. Is this for years? Um, you remember the movie Scarface when he's in the he's mm-hmm. in the he's Michelle Pfeiffer's breaking up, you know, uh, with him, and she leaves the table, and then Tony Montana gets into that. You need people like me. You need people like me to point your fingers. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Do we need the Yankees in the postseason? No. No, I think there's enough. There's there's the there's Orioles, enough. and uh, that's a good story. Um, if you can get the Astros back in, that would be okay. the Texas Rangers are a nice story. So that's not a thing anymore, right? Because we, we said for years you need those Yankees in there because you have to have someone you, you want to dislike. Maybe if, you have, maybe if the Astros, you have your villain. Well, oh, I would say yeah. up until the strike in '94, we were Sands from 1982, the Yankees <sighs> in the postseason all the way up until the late 90s, mm-hmm. and baseball was just fine. It was actually probably better off. <laughs> right then I mean, got... they, they were still hovering. They were they were getting surpassed by the NFL, but that was a that was a juggernaut that no, 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 nothing was going to stop once the 49ers made football more exciting. That's so, right. And, yeah. and so, and you know, TV was becoming more of a big deal in the 80s too. So. NFL is a much better TV sport than baseball is. I mean, I love baseball for the radio and all that, and I watch it, but that wasn't going to stop it. But the Yankees, yeah, they had Donnie baseball, but they didn't make the postseason. No, that was uh, that's when uh, George Costanza was trying to teach him how to hit back yeah. in the day with too much starch. Tell Paul O'Neill to hit tell... two home runs. Oh, yeah. look, nobody promises two. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get in here anyway? Which is the great line. <laughs> I don't know you if you. Here? I don't know if you saw any of the. I I just had MLB Network on. I was doing some work yesterday. The end of the Mariners Orioles game yesterday was missed it bonkers. Um. So the so the Orioles are trying to trying to nurse a one run lead into the ninth, and with one out, guy hits into the fence. Cedric Mullins leaps up, brings it back, saves a game tying home sure. run. Next guy, rookie, comes up for the Mariners, hits a home run to tie the game. So they had one that one that they should have had <laughs> was next batter, but three pitches wow. later and it's tied. So Mullins in the tenth hits a two run home run. They get the you know they get the automatic runner to start, and then Mullins hits one out, and uh, the O's win that game. But for the, for about five or ten minutes, no. that game was crazy. 
It was, was uh, we on the bus were watching. I believe it was Mets Braves was on the satellite TV boy, last the Met, night. Boy, the Mets! Holy cow! Down three love, and then but you know, it, it was twenty-one to three the other day. Oh like, my oof, goodness they, gracious! Boy, they uh, that uh, this pro. They, they're very very Steinbrenner-esque in the 80s. They threw a lot of money at uh, at that team, and that's what you have. i tell you about leverage before we break. Uh, Kevin Brown, who that story broke last week when he was the statement, see, the young, uh, young, and he's a good announcer. If you've listened to Kevin on, not Kevin Brown, the pitcher Kevin Brown, the announcer for Baltimore, the statements that he made that, that you know, they, they suspend him. So you're waiting for some, like, slur bad thing and then as we all know really was very benign he was looking over stats on a on a page <laughs> this young man's yeah. got uh got a tremendous amount of leverage because the orioles certainly didn't say anything and then he comes out and takes that very high road talking right. about management and what he re- had to do great relationship and that's not a so that young man when he goes in and his agent goes in to work that new deal can you imagine that's the spot to be in from a broadcaster's standpoint you know it's a frustrating thing because i'm glad that this organization's rebounded i think you know you mentioned can we live without the yankees in the postseason mm-hmm. i think baseball is better that the orioles are relevant i mean they have yeah. a good tradition or whatever you're right loyal it's, f- it's just fan that base, if yeah. this was coming from john angelos he doesn't deserve it Right, right. That, that's that's going to be that, the. That's uh, my thing. Is I think for the people in the organizations, probably yeah. worked hard. God knows what we. Yep. Obviously, they're working on our pretty hostile conditions. Yeah. If this clown is doing this, well, thing. they yeah. they fired John Miller years ago. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's going to be that's the sentiment. Like win in spite of. Well, if if you did not catch uh, Corey on Friday, I would encourage it. It's it's podcast. Uh, if you go over seven forty thefan dot com yeah. and just go. And that was one point I wanted to bring up with Corey and just listen to his answers. And it was. Um, yeah, it, it, is, was, it, was, uh, it was very Corey, I'll just say Any that broadcaster way. that broadcasts for a specific team yeah. that says something benign and gets suspended for it, obviously it was uh, probably ruffled feathers. I know I was in group chats with the AA guys that just, it just, because it, 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 it kind of, it's it's frightening that that could happen. You're, you just think, well, well, what the heck is that all about? So, yeah, yeah we'll do that. Doc Phil around the corner, buys and buys today. Uh, Jason Petrino, Brad was hanging out at, at camp over there, so we'll hear from the new D.C., uh, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson. It's the Jack Michael Show, a Monday edition on 740 The Fan. Doctor? 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 What's up, Doc? Oh, my goodness. I do have a, you know, for Doc today, among other things we chat about, is the, uh, there was an injury Friday night at at Shaw Park, and it's one of these guys that, uh, that Alec Olden, the right fielder for the Red Hawks, and by the way, balls were just launched out of Shaw Park Friday. (laughs) Alec, uh, it, it, like in the sixth inning, there was a ball hit to center. The game, if you didn't know, the Red Hawks lost 16-6 to Friday. They came back yesterday and won. Uh, but there was a ball that Evan Alexander was just trying to beat down and catch in center, and Alec kind of looked over and goes, hey, Evan, you know, not worth it. Not worth it at this juncture of the game to, you know, risk life and limb, you know, going after a ball. And an inning later, what happens? Andy Armstrong from Winnipeg hits an opposite field shot that that is soaring out. Everything was flying out to right, soaring over his head. And it's a case in point of an athlete and their mentality. When it's hit to you, you are just thinking, "I got to make the play. I got to make." But if it's not, he's saying, "Hey, don't make the play, Brad. Don't don't risk life and limb." And Alec hits the fence at full speed, full speed, and the right knee 
And I thought this is going to be horrendous because immediately Evans, you know how when athletes right away scream towards the dugout and say, get out here, get out here, and trainers are flying out. They bring the gurney out eventually and the medical staff from Winnipeg. So he gets wheeled off on a bed, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness gracious. So, Doc Phil, we we start there, and I think I'm sure he's getting looked at more today, but he had movement, and it didn't appear any structural damage done, but a a, a deep, uh, probably a fairly deep contusion and a knee, I think, would be the initial thought on that, Doc. But that's the athlete's mentality, isn't it, Doc? And it's, if you're running after it, I say, hey, Doc, hey, 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 slow down. You don't want to. But then when it's hit to you, got to make the play. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, that, that's their job, and and they take it very seriously. Um, and and so, you, I mean, you hate to see injuries. Injuries, unfortunately, are part of the game. The thing I would be most concerned of, because I saw this several times when I took care of the Red Hawks mm-hmm. back in the good old days, uh, I'd be more worried about a concussion. Yeah. Uh, because they slam right into those. And, and they're not the most padded areas, uh, even though it looks like they are. They're not. And you hit it full force. Yeah, the, the head does a number. Um, and that's what I saw most of the time when those guys went full bore in, into the into the center wall or the whatever wall you want. It was more of a concussion. Um, now, the knees can take a brunt, but usually you're going straight on. So it's either a broken patella, a bruised patella, or they may stra- sprain one of the ligaments a little bit if it gets turned to the side, you know, to try and protect themselves. Um, but if he walked off, that's a good sign. Um and so herein lies the question, okay, well, what are you dealing with? And then just you got to go through some physical examination and testing and things and make sure that the injury that they have is something, one, they can play with, or two, no, you can't play with it. And at this point in the season – 20 you games left, 21 left, yeah. Um, are you going to be back? And then they got to start making some decisions. So uh, it gets a little bit uh, interesting as far as what uh, what happens next. So, But the bottom line is, you know, they'll – They'll work him up and just make sure what it is for sure. And if it's something that he can just kind of nurse through, they do a little rehab and get him back to play, then he'll be back. I forget the they carted him off on the, the I guess, gurney for lack of a – they carted him off on that. And it's interesting in Canada, Doc, and, and Derek and Brad, I don't know if you've been at something like this when you've been at games. The medical uh, guy that was – there are several out there treating Alec, and they bring him down into the in-house medical room. And then yep. – that gentleman took the elevator three floors up to my booth and came up into the booth and said, we're treating him for a knee injury. And then he left. I'm like, well, thanks for the medical. I'm like, we never get that in the States. For rules, obviously, you always say, Lo, you'd be very generic. And, and I thought, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Because I'm sure a lot of people were, like, wondering what happened. And then Alec, uh, you know, kind of limped off with crutches after the game, braced up the rest of the weekend until they can get him back here to Fargo and all that stuff. But the, you know what else? And, and Brad and Derek, uh, uh, Doc, if you remember this, I kind of do because I think he played with my old roommate in minor league baseball, uh, Jamie Hoffman. But the folks in Winnipeg said, had Alec run through the paneling on the next paneling, because there's really no reinforcement behind that one, uh, the folks of Winnipeg out there said he would have maybe run through wow. the fence. And I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, a uh, player by the name of Rodney McRae. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You with me yeah. on this? Yes. That yes. Did he, if he didn't run through, he ran through and it, the fence kind of right? Flipped, it flipped. Yeah. Right. Flipped. <laughs> flipped over. And, I, and, Doc, I don't know if Rodney McRae was actually injured on that play, to tell you the truth. I don't know. You know, 
you know, sometimes they hit it with such force and there's so much adrenaline. They don't, they don't injure themselves, um, which is an interesting process all in itself. But I mean, it, it all depends on how you hit it, how much resistance is there that the body has to overcome. And that determines sometimes the extent of the injury. I mean, if it's a really rigid fence, and they look at that too. I mean, you know, in the you know, when you look at the major leagues, and those guys go up for a leap, I mean, it's really well padded, and they're they're trying to protect themselves as much as they can. And usually, there's some give in there so that you know those things don't happen. But you know, some of these minor league parks, you know, they've been around forever, and they are reinforced pretty sturdily. Right. Um, one to hold up the advertising, you know, first of all, that's and right, so that's you right. know that advertising sometimes is on plywood. Um, you know, that's painted on and everything else. So, you know, it, it really depends. And, and I know we talked about that when I was with the Red Hawks. I remember Simi and I said, you know, I, you know, Simi, the, the whole thing about the advertising, they should just do it with a, a large poster or a large sheet, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, and he was all for it. He goes, well, that's a great idea. I said, yeah, yeah it's just going to be more expensive. I said, that's the problem with, the, with everything. That's right. But, that's right. Like we used to run through in the starting lineup in basketball, through the hoop with the uh, the paper and psh, you tear right. it open and all that kind of stuff. That's good. You know, Doc, before you came on, we were talking about the, the national attention certainly given to our youth. Uh, you know, we usually talk about injuries and whatnot uh, with you, but uh, – you know, I just realized, guys, you know what the most probably pressured situation for a young person is? Script spelling bee. That's that's pressure. Right? Or well, the first day of school. Or the first day of school. That, you know the script spelling bee, Darius. I, I think I look at it, though, as I have as much realistic uh, ability to win that as I would be taking on Michael Jordan in his prime. So it's pretty much... Just don't really think much I, about uh, it. But the intensity I, of I was script. the Ransom County Spelling Bee oh, champion. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yes. Do you remember the word that won it? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember there was I just remember there was two of us on the stage, and, and, and the, the, the other person got it wrong, and I got it right, and all of a sudden, I was like, I think I won this thing. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I think, Doc, in the, you know, we were talking about national attention given to this. You've been all over the world, and I, I'm not sure how it is in all the places you've been, and the national attention given to the youth and pressure applied on them. And there's probably some of it that's good because it helps polish you and, and teaches life lessons. But the other part maybe isn't so good on that. So I don't, I don't know where you stand on, on national attention giving to under the age of say 12. Well, I mean, it is what it is because um, they play it up to be a big deal. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, as long as it's done well and maybe it's not a huge pressurized situation i mean the, the worst thing you want to do is put a kid in a situation where they maybe fail in a real public public you know, situation and then they're scarred for life because those kids are so uh, impressionistic at that age i mean we are too as adults but sure. we can get over it usually we've got our coping mechanisms finally figured out at least most of us and and, and so i think that's the biggest thing you want to worry about jesus this, if this kid doesn't win or something you know is it going to just is we going to drop him down so far that, you know, he gets so depressed and everything else? I mean, that's what you worry about these days. And, um, I mean, we're seeing that with the COVID stuff. You know, some of these kids are so far behind in school, and they are, they've got some real mental issues. They're behind. They know it. They can't catch up, and they're depressed. And it, it, it's an ugly circle or vicious circle that they're dealing with. So, I mean, I think if it's done in the right way, and you always try and downplay it a little bit, like, hey, this isn't the only thing in the world. Don't worry. You know, you know don't. Don't worry if you're not the champion. Um, I don't. I think too much emphasis in a young age is put on 
on winning at this point as opposed to enjoying the sport and seeing if you like it. And I would take that even to the next level with the spelling bee and everything else. Yeah, it Great. is. You know. It's good. It it is. Uh, that's it. We we were kind of jacked up because you know North Dakota's never been. They got close a few years ago. Did you say Brad? Twenty eighteen, yep. right? Or yep, twenty? Was, yeah, two thousand eighteen. Uh, yep. That and I, I didn't know this. I was reading USA Today today, and uh, there's a story in there on Luis Gariel Senior, uh, and uh, his son um, is playing as twelve, and he's got relatives that are I think big leaguers, but they're on the Cuban national team. And it said, uh, you know, he's all he's choked up, and that's what the story's about. Dad's choked up; he's so excited. And it says because he's representing Team Cuba, it made it for the first time in the seventy-six year history of the Little League World Series. I would think maybe Cuban is Cuba's produced enough young yeah. players that they've been there before, but apparently, apparently not. That's so crazy. That's uh, that's pretty good stuff right there. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, but- oh, I, that that is really cool. And, and it, you know, in North Dakota playing South Dakota—that was pretty cool. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's great for those kids and it's, and it's a neat thing for them to be involved with. But I think you got to, again, put it in perspective, you know, and hopefully the parents are, you know, they, they realize that it's very important, but they realize, okay, it's not the only thing at this point either. You've got a lot ahead of you in your life and let's just try and defuse it a little bit so it's not so pressure packed. And, and so these kids are not, uh, you know, basically scarred for life. Because, and I think, you know, in both situations, that's what happens. Right. You know, it, it, they realize what it is. They put it in perspective. But but I'm going to tell you, having worked with kids in, in all the way through all the ages, there are a few that, boom, they, they can't throttle it down, and it is the only thing. And, and the parents sometimes accentuate that. And, you know, there there is sometimes some issues, and, and it's not, uh, not all uh, – as uh, as easy and fun as it, as it is, there there is some pressure, and I see that in high school. I mean, and and we we see that not in not I mean not uncommonly that the kids are being pressured because they got to get that scholarship. You know, it's like why? You know, no, they don't. And I hate to tell you, but your kid's not going to get a scholarship, and yeah. there's the reason why. You know, and so it just it's 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 a difficult balance sometimes. But again, it's not very common, fortunately now. One thing that is great about that is you guys like Chad Hansen and, and his staff that are coaching this team, and I love they mic those coaches, and when you hear their visits to the mound, talk about some encouraging stuff, man. That is yep. that's, that's fantastic. It's just it's just great. It, it is it's and that's really what good. You need to be age though, Jack. You need to encourage them. You know, that's just right. you know, be positive. You know, not oh, what are you doing? You know, don't be the negative thing. You no, know, don't be Donnie Downer. No, encourage them. Let them have fun, and I think that's the most important thing. You know, maybe try this, try that, trying to help them do a little bit better so they're having more fun with it and, you know, see how it goes. Hey, final thing for you from the injury front, for those who are into football camp, volleyball, everything else that is starting up in the fall, how do we prevent our youth from being injured, Doc? You don't. There's your simple answer. Injury injury is a part of the game. However, there are some things for certain situations that you can do to try and mitigate against injuries, but – but the reality is, is that we are on a planet that does have a lot of gravity, and gravity sometimes overwhelms any kind of the muscle control that can happen. So you may land awkwardly, and if the muscles are not firing appropriately because they're not strong enough or they're fatigued, you may you know, injure your knee. I mean, that's just how it, how it kind of happens. The only way you can prevent injury is not participate, but that's not any fun, and that's not probably realistic. Um, there are some things preventable, like heat stroke. You know, definitely in this time of year when we're practicing a lot, but hopefully most of the 
the teams and most of the conferences and associations have figured that out, that you either practice early in the morning, later in the evening when it's cooler, or you practice indoors somehow where it's well-ventilated, like a lot of colleges are doing now. And But, but the reality is, is that uh, you can't eliminate injury completely, but there are some things that can be done to kind of mitigate things. And hopefully that, that does work and it lessens the chance for significant severe injury. Dr. Phil Johnson, uh, good thing I didn't um, ask the question, what will the Big Ten look like in 2033? <laughs> well, it's going to be the Big 20 pretty soon. Oh, I think so, too. <laughs> I think, I mean, ten, know, I mean, ten years is going to be the Big 25 or something, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why the Big Ten didn't try and get Missouri into the Big Ten. You know, why did they go to the SEC? That 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 didn't. Well, that make never much never sounded right to me either. That that Mizzou no. in the in the in the SEC never was a. I mean, you've got Nebraska and Missouri, one of the biggest rivalries ever, right? And, and then you've got the whole Midwest. How did Missouri get talked into going to? I mean, I obviously I know it was money, but well, but how how did the Big Ten not get them in? This all started when Texas would not agree to share revenue in the Big Twelve. The, yeah, this is the seed Longhorn, that was planted what, 15 years ago, people. the Longhorn Network, yep. and yep. that's why yep. Missouri left, and that's why A&M left, and then Colorado yep. left, and then here we are, and Nebraska left. That's yeah. that's the genesis of this all. Yeah. Yeah. I still think Missouri is going to the Big Ten. That'd be better. But I'm with you. would make sense. He is uh, Doc yeah. Phil. Doc, well, very, nice, very nicely done today, as always, and uh, you have a tremendous week. And we will uh, we'll touch oh. base again coming up next week. You know, every Monday that I get to talk with you, Jack, I have a tremendous week. I want you just to know that. You're the man. That's, and not just because you you keep me in a stock of great uh, Australian. And I have a great stockpile built, so I'm ready to go for this. <laughs> get ready, Drake. Get ready, Drake. Thank you, Doc. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Yeah, the great Dr. Phil Johnson, orthopedic surgeon, joining us on the show. Uh, that's right. Uh, college football right around the corner. I mean, my goodness, we talked with Terry Horan last week on the show. We'll get Steve Lockway coming up. I mean, uh, UND opens up at home against Drake on September 2nd. North Dakota State takes on Eastern Washington and U.S. Bank on September 2nd. The Carbers face uh, at Wisconsin-Eau Claire on September 2nd. The Dragons Thursday, October October, August 31st at Wayne State. And North Dakota State College of Science taking on Jamestown JV Saturday, August 27th. I mean, the paint bucket game. That's Sunday. Yeah, you've got a Sunday game. You've got a Sunday afternoon game. You've got a Sunday afternoon game at 2. Two o'clock. Well, well, yeah, the paint bucket is a week from Thursday. Yeah, we got wow. high school football coming up this Friday. weekend. Yeah. That just <laughs> is Isn't icky nuts? to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking it's too early for the start of Minnesota practice today. Let alone a game. You got a game on Friday. <laughs> a game this state that we're in right now. I... We'll talk about that and oh, uh, bison God. bites here from uh, defensive coordinator DC Goodman Jason Petrino from North Dakota State coming up next. He's with our Brad Anderson next on 7:40. The fan. my Jack Michaels name game Friday, by the way. We did songs, Up versus Down, Who Wins, and oh. Down down Beat Up. I'm not surprised by that. Up actually. in the title versus songs with I, Down in the title. And people were, were trying to rally for Up. <laughs> we were trying to rally for Up. 
you know, wake me up before you go go up on Cripple uh, Cripple Creek. Yep, uh, up where we belong. Up where we yeah, up up and away. I mean, oh, there you go. They yeah. were trying, but boy, I mean, I the downs were coming in too fast and furious, all the way to where the down boys go by like <laughs> warrant or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was it. That was, that was it. Hey, on this day, before we get to our buys and buys today with Jason Petrino, did you know in 1953 the wiffle ball was invented on this date, August 14th, 1950? 70 years ago. How about it's The wiffle ball is 70 years old. Was there, if you had two things that, you, you know, you played with there, there's a ball going up, the two things that, that made our childhood, the wiffle ball and the Nerf football. Those are the two things. Right. Yeah, and I would Did add. I, miss anything? I would add like the Nerf, um, like the little basketball hoop you could like put up at the uh, top of the door. That okay, those three things. That's exactly yeah, right. I mean, I had one of those, and I oh. probably humanely destroyed enough of those in my childhood. <laughs> that, jumped uh, out the bed and just just raked a dunk yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Brad, obviously, a, a time to sit down with uh, coordinators, and and this week we'll hear as we talk about on, on the fan. We'll cover the Cobbers and the Dragons and the Bison and UND and everything in between. But you had an opportunity to bump into uh, Jason Petrino, good man. Now the new yes. DC for yeah, a good conversation. I wanted to sit down with him, obviously, with uh, with his familiarity with the Bison in the league with Southern Illinois and previously with South Dakota as well, and uh, and. One thing, the one thing I wanted to get to is it just seemed like there's a seemed like there's a good vibe. Obviously, with Lisneski and Mulstart back, it seems like it's a lot of progress is being made in fall camp. Yeah, I mean it's it's a constant work in progress, but it's been good. I think the the, the the players' willingness to, you know, first off their understanding and knowledge of the defense already is really impressive, and then just their willingness to want to learn and grow, uh, hunger for more information, and um, being able to use experiences that we see against our offense and the the, the various you know plays and motions and trades and all that stuff you you better be sharp uh, or else you're going to get gassed so it's good to kind of have that and the player has been really impressed in terms of what their you know hunger and thirst is to to learn and understand and even even uh, attain more information I know coach Jens talked about with uh, the Valley Football Conference media day that uh, he looked at film and some of the you kind of familiar with some of the kind of the shell coverage and some of the things that you had at Southern Illinois and so implementing that really wasn't that maybe uh, as big of an adjustment as maybe somebody coming from a different uh, different environment maybe a different uh, different conference no and I think it goes back to a little bit you know during my time at South Dakota you know it's it was a lot of three years of growing and learning and then there was that off season after that third year I just really was like okay who are the best defenses in this league and watched a lot of and there was a lot of similar beliefs you know two high safety structures you know I've always been a, a cover four guy and wanted to work through all the things that you could see and so there was a lot of similarities there, and that was the thing, too, where I, I learned, you know, from afar mm-hmm. what I thought I knew about NDSU defense to try to uh, use the things that they were doing uh, to make us better at the places I've been. And so those, those were some of the things just kind of – and then as you get into it, you start diving in, and you say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I've seen that before. Uh, what did you call that? So, the, yeah, that's that was always the important piece, a lot of similarity beliefs in terms of that. And, um because that's what the, the players know and understand and then kind of come in and be a 
little fresh set of eyes and see things and bring up discussion, but also for myself to learn why they're doing what it is that they, that they were doing. I think it was a linebacker core that maybe uh, maybe there was some untapped potential there. I think some guys that, that had the potential to step up and be leaders. Obviously, having Wesneski there, he's, he's lost about 10, 15 pounds. He's come in where he could be you know, almost kind of a hybrid guy in the back end of things for you. Yeah, you know, he's got a skill set. Um, he, he's a very athletic, physical player. And it's our job to put him in some spots that can help this defense be successful and this team be successful. So he's been willing to for the challenge, um, wants to prepare himself mentally and physically to be his absolute best that he can. And it's our job as coaches, myself included, to put him in those situations where he could be some be successful because the opportunity to be a really really good football player uh, on, the, on the back end of the secondary obviously there's some there's some spots open what's that competition been like in camp really good uh, you know the previous coaches uh, that have been here you know prepared in terms of understanding what what it is of the defense um, you know you got Sam Young Ryan Jones and, and Ty Satter they've been in the room you know they've been waiting their turn uh, they already have a lot of knowledge. It's just them getting the opportunities. Um, and so that's been nice seeing those three compete. Um, and then you, you add a Darius, a redshirt freshman who's, you know, been in the room but maybe hasn't been locked in as much in that first year uh, but had a really good spring where he learned and grew. And, and you know, we expect him to, you know, uh, continue to be push those other guys and, and eventually, you know, the top two guys will get a chance. But we expect that room uh, to continue to compete and make each other better and push each other better because that's going to make us all better. You know, the front four has really been highlighted by depth, and that's that's obviously the goal. And you know, I think you probably see six, seven guys that return and hopefully will be healthy. And so that maybe leads leads to maybe one or two open uh, spots to try and get some playing time. Yeah, so I think the it's definitely a deep room, and you need to have a deep room uh, up front uh, in our league. Um, it's going to be a constant challenge push, but they're also pushing each other to make each other better. You know, if one person makes a play, you know, the next guy's got to go on and go out and make a play. But, uh, no, they, they've done a, a really good job. The depth, obviously, having guys injured a year ago for some guys' hands a little bit, probably had to play a little bit more than they might have been ready for. But it's definitely prepared them for this moment moving forward. Well, it's kind of interesting where you have guys that are kind of learning – learning things and maybe had to had to jump into playing time and maybe a little quicker than anticipated now you come in as well where that maybe they're maybe more receptive maybe open to to learning more just because they're they're still trying to figure things out well like i said i challenge these guys it's it's what you learn after you know it all that matters and it's a john wooden <laughs> coat but it but it goes back to it's just like constantly for every rep's a learning opportunity mm-hmm. uh, whether you did it right somebody's going to learn from it uh, whether you did it wrong, make sure you're learning from it. And so each rep is an opportunity to learn and grow, and it's pushing those guys and challenging those guys. And but at the same time, they're also pushing each other. Well, I think I think it was I think it was Coach Roll that said something about where it's like you know what if you get to you get to the line and you have to you have to think about it, that's uh, then that's a problem. Then 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 you got something to work on. Yep. No, no, for sure. Uh, that's for sure. And it, that's the challenge, like I said, and finding out what they do well. Um, and Coach Phelps has done a nice job bringing some things up front uh, that, that, you know, trying to maximize the, the potential that those players have up front. I was talking with, uh, with Coach Entz about how, you know, there, there are some maybe some guys or some freshmen or some redshirt freshmen coming in and you use that four-game rule. And how much do you lean on maybe some of the assistant coaches and say, you know, obviously you're looking at game film, but say, hey, this, this guy did this or this guy might be, you know, maybe a little bit ahead of the curve here. How much do you lean on those guys? The coaches? Yeah. Oh, yeah, quite a bit, uh, for sure. Um, and it's really what they've done. I mean, like I said, I, 
I kind of shut my mouth and listen to a lot of meetings. You know what I mean? Um, they know the players the best. They've been around them the longest. And then it's just me with my eyes watching them move and how they uh, might be ready physically or where they're at mentally. That They're going to have a great understanding of that. But, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, uh, that, that, that's one of the things where I, I just tried to learn as much as I can, especially during the job, getting through spring ball and seeing them. Uh, how they move and which ways they move, and who do we feel can be those guys we got to kind of push a little bit more uh, to make sure that they're doing the things that we need to be successful. How much have you looked at Eastern Washington already? Um, you know, summer you're always peeking at opponent. Um, so, you know, you peeked at them a little bit. You know, they've got things that they're, I'm sure, going to be a different team. you got a different starting quarterback. You know, he's got a little game experience from the year before. But the most part, you know, I would say for the last – you know, definitely the two weeks we've been in camp in the last, you know, month of July, it's really been about our guys and making sure your installs and everything's in ready to go for the things that you need. And we'll dive into them, but but we're uh, we're a ways away from them. Uh, we still got to, you know, get an opportunity to get better tomorrow, and that's what we need to focus on. All right, good stuff, Coach. Thanks for the time. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate Jason, it. Jason Petrino uh, there, uh, and Brad and Derek, you know, this guy has been around long enough to understand uh, systems and coaching and techniques, and I think just coming into the fold, we've talked about this before, that'll be a good fit uh, for them. I, You know, maybe the differences would be, you know, you know, maybe one coach was more verbal, one is more, you know, chalkboardish and go mm-hmm. do your job. There's always that in coaching, isn't there, Brad? Well, and, and there is that. Thing. You know, it's kind of how you how – you, uh, Kind of relay the message, I guess, is the way to do it. Some are a little more cerebral and kind of right. teachers more than, you know, than maybe, uh, I don't say fire and brimstone, but kind of a little more right. forceful in how they how they do things. And I think, you know, I think Jason's going to be kind of very cerebral in how they do things. Right. I would be curious, and we got some time this week, Cole Wisniewski's a guy that, that they've gone from linebacker and they may, might put him in the seat, you know, as a safety spot sure. or kind of put him in a hybrid position perhaps. Um, be interesting to see how that goes. There's a lot of competition in the secondary. Um, on the really Jaden Price, um, there's probably a lot of open spots in the secondary to see how it's going to go. You know, and I think linebacker wise, you know, they Kaiser graduated, but that was a position. You always kind of got the feeling from Entz that that was not, it was a position that just maybe underperformed a little bit last yeah. year. I think I uh, would would probably dive into that too, and I had heard that too out of the camp that the the competition in the in the secondary mm-hmm. is plentiful. So you yeah. know you're looking for someone to rise up and actually firmly grab those spots, and uh, and get it done. It, it's coming up September second. Will be what is it? August fourteenth. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Like we're halfway through August. And my love hate relationship with August is here. Yeah. How's that going for you? That's very. It's just a bittersweet feeling. I love I love football, but I love summer, and you know. Yeah. With one ends another. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I kind of feel that way too. It's like, man, I, I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot here for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yes. I was curious. And we've been through heat extremes. You know, I yeah. know in this summer for our schedule in the in the AA, you know, those heat extremes of 114 in Texas to 68 degrees in 64 actually in Canada. Now today's not bad, but now in Fargo tomorrow, I think it's back into the 80s. I think tomorrow. Yeah, we're talking right. maybe uh, no, 90s Friday. this week. Yeah, I say for Friday night for I, those Friday night games. I just, be up, go- I just upper 80s, googled yeah. Kansas City. Oh boy, <laughs> hey daddy, how's that look? It looks. I think it's a nine seven nine eight. All the great years: 97, 98, 96. So that's going to be a little bit warm. I'm glad it doesn't get thick and, and melty in Kansas. Not City. not in Missouri. <laughs> Or Kansas, for that Kansas matter. Kansas no. gets a little, little thick. No. So the Twins are off tonight. The Hawks are off tonight. Uh, Derek, you got a little, uh, little couch potato couch radio. Potato, uh, some skull songs for you. We might, uh, uh, I might cheat and have Brad do some work for me tonight. 
playing back some more bites. There you go. So <laughs> we'll do a little bit of that. We got, so. plenty, we got plenty of sound to pick There you from, go. So. So, so, yeah, I'm leaning heavy on that. That's what I love about this part, though, on the fan, because we can we, we just collect all this sound and try to get you ready for everybody. Everybody's feeling pretty good at this juncture. And then week one will happen, and then the adjustments yeah. start. The adjustments there's injuries and that's right. there's yeah that's that's great thing about coaching it's constant adjustments isn't there? adjustments to start happening our thanks to doc phil joining us today our thanks for jason petrino and and, and brad in that conversation right there vikings have tennessee saturday at seven that's a preseason game number two right vikings will wrap up their preseason against arizona on saturday august 26th i hope the better in the first game that was and if you go to our sites, and I think this Man. is good for everybody, if you text BUS to 35270 yeah, uh, for $300, you can jump on that fun bus, uh, taking to see Tampa and Minnesota. Cody Mauk, of course, uh, will be right now the st- starting guard there for Tampa. So that I don't know if that, I'm promoting it now, hopefully, that it's not filled out, but there's only 40 spots available. So if you text BUS, BOS, to 35270, you'll get a response back from that. Good stuff. Common Man is coming up around the corner. We'll do it again tomorrow. Dick Bremer joining us tomorrow on the show. Jack Michael Show at 740 The Fans.